New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome to Toolbox Talks at the Site Shed. My name is Matt Jones, and I am the facilitator, the man with the mic, so to speak. And you are joining us today with my co-host, Shane Connolly, and we are conducting a series on occupational health and safety. Made simple, that's right. It's OHS Made Simple. That's the topic of the um, series. Now, whether or not you're joining us for episode one, two, or three, um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of this. So if you've missed any of the previous episodes, make sure you go back and check them out. Shane is an absolute expert in this field and he is from a company called Trady Safe and they basically help businesses implement occupational health and safety documentation through the majesty of the cloud. So it's a three-part series. The first one, we're learning a bit about OHS. The second one, we're talking about capturing and recording OHS documentation. And then in the final episode, we're talking about where the future of occupational health and safety is going. So it's a really good series. It's very applicable, I would say, to any of our listeners so make sure you tune in and if you enjoy it leave us some uh, comments in the show notes or in itunes stitcher and or soundcloud thank you giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business you're listening to toolbox talks from the site shed now here's your host matt jones Hello and welcome back to Toolbox Talks on the SiteShed. My name is Matt Jones and I am joined in this three-part series um, where we are talking about occupational health and safety. Um, I'm joined by Shane Connolly from Trady Safe Trady. Shane, welcome back to the microphone. Uh, it's happy to, happy to be here. I've got my crystal ball with me today so we can talk about the future. We are, that's right, because... Um, in this episode, we're talking about the fu- future of OHS. Uh, in the first episode, we spoke um, as a bit of an overview as to what OHS is, and that was a actually a really informative podcast. I encourage anyone to go back there and listen to that one. And then the one following on to that was capturing and recording OHS documentation, where um, you gave us some really useful insight into, I suppose, the introduction of cloud solutions in the space of occupational health and safety. And if there is anybody out there that has ever at any stage got the shits with OHS documentation, go and listen to that podcast because it will absolutely change your mind. I'm sure of it. I defy anyone to say they haven't. Yeah, well, that's true as well. Liars. Okay. And then, yeah, as you said in this episode, then we're talking about the future of OHS. Now, man, you know, what as technology evolves, I imagine not only will the platforms that we access OHS from, but I'm also quite curious as to the whole training procedures behind OHS, you know, with with all this uh, VR coming out now and all this really cool stuff, virtual reality, like I'm wondering if there's going to be anything entering that market from that point of view. There's, I haven't seen anything specifically targeted at safety yet, but I certainly have seen some virtual reality stuff around the training space and, you know, driving a piece of equipment or doing a task and learning how to do that properly. So 
or you can already get driving simulators that can help you to learn how to be a defensive driver and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. I think that be the biggest space where things are going to happen. Because I know I was reading a, an article recently and it was saying how, you know, even to the point where, say, you know, site plans, drawings and, and stuff, you know, that come from the, from the builder or the architect, um, you know, eventually maybe one day, instead of it being just a two-dimensional drawing, you know, or a schematic or whatever, it'll actually, you know, you'll have a VR goggle. You'll be able to pull these goggles over your face and you'll be actually, actually be able to see what you need to build right in front of you and you just go ahead and join the dots. Yeah, well, I mean, that's perfect too because, I mean, if you're like my wife and you can't visualise things very well, <laughs> um, it, it's, a very, it's perfect for that sort of environment where because you have to train people that, for that stuff too. You know, for me to explain something in words, it can be difficult sometimes to explain how you manage risk around some things. So to be able to put them into that situation and say, here, you're at the top of the EWP, this is what it looks like. Now, this is how you need to do things. It's much more powerful platform to be able to do that kind of stuff from. So look, OHS, WHS, it's, ne- it's not going anywhere. We all know that. Is, do you think that it's something that we're going to see increasing? Like, Are we going to see more of it or are we going to see just a different angle on it as things evolve? Well, my personal hope is that we don't see more of it. We see it, it done in a better way. Yeah. And I think it's, if we can... If we can take the media hype out of some of it and get back to the basics about what it was really put in place for, then I think we'd all be far better off. So my hope is that they don't legislate any more stuff, that they just consolidate what they've got now and and try to help people understand exactly what they are supposed to be doing. And is that likely? I mean, are they, when we say they in inverted commas, you know, the man, are they likely to to invest in... I mean, because at the moment, like to be honest, OHS, well, to me, and I suppose to a lot of listeners out there, it just seems like it's a way that people can run around and try and cover their asses. Well, there's certainly that side of it. I mean, but that can be said of anything to do with compliance. Yeah. You know, we all know the, the people who get a, um, a receipt written up for things that aren't exactly what they say it's for and all of that sort of stuff. I don't so, know anyone like that. No, I, <laughs> I personally would never do that, but I've heard people do it. So it it's you know it happens in anything to do with compliance that sort of that stuff. So I think what you'll find going forward is that the requirement for safety will become higher from certain aspects. So if you want to work with the government, for example, if you want to work for federal government money, you've got to be a certified to ISO Australian standards for your health and safety. If you want to work for the New South Wales government, you've got to have you know a certain level. And I think that's where people will sort of find that the requirements in those areas will increase just for that exact reason. They're trying to cover themselves to make sure that the people who come and do the work are of a higher level. Yeah. So what can I do to be prepared, you know, for this in the future? Is there any any tips or tricks or, you know, what, what would you suggest to all the listeners out there that obviously, you know, they're in this, in this situation, it's not going anywhere, they do have to take it on board? What do you suggest? Well, you just have to, first of all, you need to figure out exactly what you need to do as a business. So you either get someone like us in to help you or you start doing a lot of research and figure out what you are supposed to have in place. Mm-hmm. Because on going forward, eventually, you will have someone like me checking up on you and you want to be a subcontractor for a builder. So if you're a plumber and you want to do work for Bob Jones building down the road, 
he will require you to submit a certain amount of stuff to prove that you're up to the mark. That, that's eventually where most of it's going to get. There won't be any of this nod, nod, wink, wink, handshake. You can come and work for me. It'll be a bit more clearly laid out exactly whose responsibility certain things are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people sort of need to be more prepared for. Yeah, um, okay. and, I, and I'm already helping clients who are, you know, pro- principal contractors get that sort of stuff in place so that they can rest a bit easier that the subcontractors they employ are up to a certain to certain mark so they don't have to worry when they come on site. Is it ever the case that the you know the principal contractor and the subcontractor would you know would would collaborate or they might you know would a principal contractor ever say you can come on site with us as long as you speak to you know go and speak to somebody like yourself about making sure that you are compliant? I would love that. Yeah. Um, there obviously. <laughs> and and they're sort of there sort of is. I mean, you can get CM3 certified. Yeah. So there are certification companies out there who will go through all of your stuff and, and say at the end, yes, you're up to a certain level. I think there should be more of it, to be honest, whether it's, I mean, obviously I would love it to be all with us, but as long as you are meeting the requirements and whoever you work with gets you up to that standard, um, I think you should be able to do that. There are some problems around doing that as far as the ACCC is concerned. Because which which is what? Well, you can't tell a company to use a certain product right? because it's, it's deemed biased. to be, I can't remember what they actually call it, but there is a-, a Well, a it's favoritary, isn't it? Yeah. It's like Coles can't say you can't work here unless you've got Tradie Safe certification. Right. Because we don't offer a certification, we just offer a service. So it's, it has got a little tricky around that sort of thing. I mean, you can obviously recommend that they talk to somebody um, and- you know, what we do with the subcontractors, with the principal contractors that I work with, we say to the subbies, we can help you if you want, or you can go and find someone else to help you. This is the minimum requirement that we require. However you get there is up to you. So do you think, do you think that we're ever going to see a change in the way that we go about carrying out occupational related meetings and things like that, like traditional toolbox talks? Like, is there ever going to be a day when, you know, people are going to you know, jump on a go-to webinar or they're, <laughs> they're all, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's uh, strange that you should say that because that's something that we're already looking at doing that sort of stuff for people. So, because one of the things, I mean, we work with customers all over Australia and I can't be everywhere. Right. So, but if they want me to do a talk about a particular topic, then we are already looking at ways that we can be able to do, you know, a virtual toolbox talk so that I can sort of be there, but not in the physical presence. Mm-hmm. So so, I imagine now with tools like, you know, even Google Apps and things like Google Hangouts, you know, you could easily sit there and have like a team meeting. You could run a meeting from the office. You could ask the questions. You could, everyone could be collaborating together. I'm wondering if it's ever going to head down that path. I mean, what about companies that have maybe perhaps, you know, multi, multi, multiple locations and they want to have a toolbox meeting between the, the foreman across different sites at, at any given time? I mean, is that something that's ever happened or will it? Do you, can you see that happening in the future? Well, I, I would think that it's probably already happened, but it's yeah. certainly, I mean, it, people used to be sort of fixated on the whole, everyone's got to get a signature down on a piece of paper right. kind of process. But now, I mean, we've already seen it with your credit cards, signature means nothing. Right. Um, you've got to have a PIN number. So, and with a product like Dunsafe, for example, everyone gets their own login. So there's, a, there's already an inherent way to determine who's who okay 
So no signature sort of, forging your mate who's down the corner shop. <laughs> that's right. Well, all that uh, chook scratch that you see on the paper that uh, could mean anything. Yeah. So that's that's sort of all going now anyway. So yeah. I think that um, that virtual meeting that you're talking about, and even you know, I, I've seen it done on sites before where the, the the foreman can't get there or something's happened, and he and you just have they're FaceTiming and they're showing him the problem on the phone. Yeah, and he's right. going, yeah, you know, we'll just do this and we'll do that and that'll fix it. So it happens already. I think it's it'll just get more and more prevalent. What do you think about? Um, we haven't even touched really, I suppose, on like personal protective equipment and things like that. Does that all fall under the OHS banner? Yeah, I mean, look, PPE is is your last line of defence. So when you talk about that sort of thing, you should talk about your, you know, your hierarchy of controls. They call it so. At the top is you remove the problem altogether. So um, whatever the, is causing the hazard, you remove it, then you can substitute it. And so there's a whole range of different things. And PPE is really the last line of defense. Everyone associates that with safety. But the idea is that you don't need to use PPE if you're doing everything else right. Well, that's not really true, though, is it? I mean, you can't. I mean, what, what happens if your silent jackhammer is broken? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Not everything can be removed, and that's why we end up with PPE. Yeah, because they haven't made a jackhammer that can be silent or a demo saw that cuts quietly. Yeah, you know that, and that's where you end up with PPE. So, in the first instance, you should always look for a way to do it without that that big hazard. But we all know that you know fantasy world never meets reality. So. But then, so, you, then you go on to big sites, you know, like these massive building companies, I won't say names, but, you know, you walk on there and before you even step foot on the site, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have uh, long sleeve pants, steel cap boots, long sleeve shirt, gloves, goggles, hard hats, earmuffs, yep. earplugs. Like you, you, walk at, you walk on site looking like a frigging spaceman. <laughs> yes. And, and again, I would say that it's, it's their prerogative to do that. And if they're happy to pay for all of that, then that's fine. But it's not how you have to do things. You know, the long sleeves, long pants thing is the common thing that I get. And big companies do that because it's all about sun protection. Right. The, the more the statistics say, the more skin that's exposed, the higher, much higher at risk you are. So their easy out is to say, well, everyone wears long sleeves and long pants. Yeah. And that way we're going to limit our exposure to, to the sun. So, yeah. and they're big decisions that they make sitting in a boardroom. They're not made out on the job site. But it's all based around risk. They look at it and go, we've got 3,000 employees. If they're all wearing shorts, our risk of getting skin cancer problems is going to be much, much higher. And so they make that broad decision to say, and, and to us, it just seems like, oh, my God, it's too hot to be wearing long pants. But if you, tra- if you follow that trail back, you'll find that there was a reason why. And that's sort of the part that a lot of people on the front lines, they don't get to see that part of the equation So because they don't communicate it very well. I was just going to say, because it's not communicatable. No. And I mean, I have people ask me, why do I have to wear double eye protection? You know, I wear my goggle, my, my, my glasses, and then I put a face shield on to use an angle grinder, for example. And I say, well, I'll tell you why, because there are examples of people where a blade's broken apart and the, the safety glasses themselves weren't enough to protect them. So people decide that the best way to protect yourself then is to have two layers of defense. And so it's really easy to poke holes in things like, you know, how you wear things and what you're supposed to wear and all that sort of stuff. But it all came about because of something that's happened in the past. Um, I can assure people that no one sits around thinking, up, oh, if we make them wear that, that'll look funny. Or, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not what happens in the back rooms with the safety department, I can assure you. 
so it's, it is important to, to, you know, if you're not sure about this stuff, ask why. And they should be able to tell you how that's come about. I suppose since we're on the topic of PPE, one of the things I would like to ask you is, do you think there's going to be an introduction, like a greater introduction of wearable technology in the workforce? I think so, yeah. I mean, one of the hardest things, having worked at the top of WA and in Papua New Guinea, one of the hardest things to deal with is heat. And so, and because everybody reacts differently to heat, if you could have some sort of wearable technology that told that could tell you when you were approaching levels of stress in heat, that's a perfect example of where I would have loved to have that technology. When you've got 50 guys out working in the heat, you don't know which one of them is going to keel over first. And so having a way to be able to predict that. So are you, are you, talking, about, are you talking about monitoring a person's, uh, monitoring a person, or are you talking about telling you what the temperature is? No, I'm talking about like, and, and underground mining is another good example. They do these really elaborate calculations to work out whether it's safe to work in certain areas. And if you had wearable technology that could just monitor people's vital signs, yeah. um, you would soon be able to tell, you know, you could easily have it warn you when they reach a certain point because your body temperature rises, you stop sweating, things happen to you when you get heat stress. And so you would have an advanced warning of that. And that would be that would be a lifesaver, literally. Yeah, wow. That's really interesting. I was thinking, when I asked that question, I was thinking more in the space of, you know, video recording and cameras and all this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's another side of it as well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that sort of thing because it makes people feel like they're being watched. Right. And, and I think that sometimes can set the wrong tone when you're talking about safety because no one really believes that they're being watched for safety reasons. <laughs> they always think Big Brother's watching. Yeah. You know, and someone's going to fly out of the door and if they stop working for five minutes. Right, right. But it is certainly, I know most of the construction sites that I've worked on, you know, before I started my own business, they all had cameras set up so that they could monitor the whole site. Not so much for safety reasons, but just so that the big bosses could see how yeah. production was progressing. So yeah. I, mean, I, I have no doubt that eventually that will get right through the whole business and people will have that sort of stuff on them. I, I don't know if I want to be around when that's happening. I don't want everyone watching what I'm doing all the time. No, it'd be a pretty, bo- pretty boring show, wouldn't it? Well, I've still got to check Facebook and, you know, <laughs> my wife's going to call me five times a day. So, I, you know, one needs to know those little times, do yeah, they? Yeah, they need a drone to follow me in the surf. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, look, that's great. I think that pretty much wraps up that episode too. Is there anything else you wanted to talk, speak about, on, you know, in the future of OH&S or any advice or anything like that? No, I think, I think what I tell people is that you can have two states of mind. You can either try and fight this sort of stuff or you can accept it and work out how you can work with it. And the sooner you accept these kinds of things, it's like trying to fight the tax man. You're never gonna, they're never going to stop taxing you. So you have to accept it and then work out a way to work best with it. And I think that's the best advice that you can really have is to just accept that safety is something that's going to be part of your business and work out how you can do it where it's not a burden on your business and you can get it done efficiently. Yep. Mate, that's awesome. Look, I think we're going to wrap it up there. So how people can get in contact with you. Do you want to run through some of your details? Yeah, just jump on the website. It's uh, alldwstradysafe.com.au or you can give us a call on 1-800-544-690 and we can I always give out free advice before I pay, get anyone to pay me. So um, <laughs> even if you just want to find out where you're at and if you do need any help, that's what we're there for. Yeah, awesome. And um, your email as well was 
info at tradiesafe.com.au. That's T-R-A-D-I-E, safe.com.au. Look forward to hearing from everybody. All right. Millions of them. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be bombarded for sure. Even if it's just to help people feel assured, you know, that's what, I mean, part of this, I love doing what I do because I always feel like it makes a difference. And I think if you can work in a business where you feel like you're making a difference, then that's a huge bonus in life, isn't it? You are preaching to the choir there, my friend. (laughs) I had a feeling that was the case. (laughs) All right, mate. Look, we're going to wrap this up now, but thank you very much for your input and thank you very much for your um, uh, knowledge on the topics of OH&S. To the listeners out there, if you uh, want to get in touch with Craig, there will be links within the show notes so you don't have to worry about trying to remember or spell uh, whatever it was that Shane said in that funny accent of his. So we will um, yeah, head across to the show notes where you'll have links there and then you'll be able to get in touch with him. And that's pretty much a wrap for this episode. That is a wrap for this series. Thank you, listeners. So if you haven't already, head across to the siteshed.com and register for our toolbox talks where you'll be regularly sent great episodes just like this straight to your inbox so you'll never miss one. Uh, if you want to join the community, you can head across to thesiteshed.com forward slash members, where for a small monthly fee, you'll get access to regularly updated training material, as well as access to our forum where you can mingle and collaborate with trade-based business owners just like you from all over the world. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head across to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it, and it helps us spread the word and reach the masses. Likewise, if you know anyone that might benefit from the content we create, then please go ahead and share this with them. You've been listening to Toolbox Talks by The Site Shed. For more great content just like this, head across to thesiteshed.com and join the amazing community of savvy trade-based business owners. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.